Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. Yeah, the APC podcast, one of the favorite things we do. And Emily, there are many truths, but two of our, I think, cornerstone truths at APC. One, we love people who love painting contractors because, of course, that's why we do what we do, because we love painting contractors. And another one is you've got to know your numbers. That's a cornerstone truth of APC. Would you agree? On both counts, yes. Exactly. And that is why I'm excited for today's podcast, because we've got somebody who fits both bills, Melissa Honan, CEO of Bookkeeping for Painters. You've heard them before. You've heard from Bookkeeping for Painters. B-O-O-K-E-P-I-N-G for Painters. Check them out. Bookkeepingforpainters.com. And yes, you can tell by the name that they love painting contractors. And they came to us, Melissa came to us and said, let's do a podcast. Bam, 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 bam. Bookkeeping for Painters is sponsoring this entire podcast. That's how much they love painting contractors. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you so much for that, Andrew. I don't know if I've ever met somebody that spelled bookkeeping right on the first try. So really excited about that. You know, I'll admit this, Melissa. My life is kind of boring, and one of the things I love is spelling out the word bookkeeping, because I'm an English major and a word nerd, and that's, look, I know it's too long to fit in Wordle, but bookkeeping is just a great word, so bully for you for including it in your business title. Yeah, we wanted to be very obvious about what we do. I still get a lot of questions about it, like, what is your business? Well, we do bookkeeping (laughs) for painters, if you guys didn't know, um, and we love it. (laughs) It's... uh... You would think it's pretty obvious, but we'll certainly talk to you about what you all do with and for painting contractors. But let's start by asking, you know, there's so many companies who focus on construction contractors. For you to focus so specifically on painting contractors, why? Why do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we started this journey back in 2016, we knew that we wanted to help People in painting businesses, we just weren't sure how to help them. And from our experience, our family's experience, my husband's father was a painting contractor. And then my husband was a painting business owner himself in college. We realized that painting businesses really needed somebody that cared about them and their finances specifically. Somebody that could take all of the crazy acronyms and complicated accounting terms and all of those complicated financial reports and turn them into something that could actually be understood as it relates to painting businesses. I'm sure that there's tons of people that would love to help anybody in any niche that they work in when it comes to finances. I know a lot of them, but we not only wanted to help painting businesses with their finances in a general category, but we wanted to be the experts so that they knew that We knew their business. We took that emotional burden of them having to go to an accountant, explain how they run a painting business, and we take that off their shoulders. We know painting businesses, we know their financials, and we make it as easy as possible for them. Well, I'm sure people appreciate that because I would have to say whenever we ask contractors as they're looking at their future and as they're building their businesses, you know, what do you want to let go of? What do you not want to work on? Finances typically ends up pretty high up there that a lot of people 
don't love filling out all of that paperwork, keeping in track of all of that stuff. It's not always the most fun for painting contractors. So I'm glad that they are glad that they have you, or I'm sure that they are glad <laughs> that they have you. But today we were going to talk about financial mistakes, which they certainly happen. So if you're out there and you've had struggles with your financials, you're probably not alone. Melissa, how many people come to you? Do you get a lot of people who come to you because they have had some struggles? Maybe they've made some mistakes. Maybe they're dealing with, you know, whatever it is, taxes, cash flow, just general tracking. Do you see that a lot of people are challenged by it? Yeah, I would say 80 to 90% of the time when people are coming to me, it's because they're experiencing a problem with their finances or their current accounting system, or they don't have an accounting system and they finally just reached their limit of what they were willing to have looming over their head. Very, very few times do I have people that are happy with their current bookkeeping service that are looking, right? Because if you're happy with your service, you're not out there looking for something else. So 80 to 90% of the time, definitely I find people are having a significant issue in their business because of their finances not being properly handled. Well, and so that's the focus of today's podcast. We're going to talk about the top five financial mistakes that painting contractors make. So why don't you get us started? What's the first one? That would be what I'm working with a lot of people on today, which is not having any accounting system at all. You're really just flying by the seat of your pants. Um, you're operating maybe on the balance that you have in your bank account. And as long as there's money in there, you feel like everything's okay. So definitely not having an accounting system is a big issue that we see when people come to us. When we talk about like not having an accounting system, are we talking about just not having QuickBooks or are we talking about not having any way of tracking incoming revenue outgoing payments? I would say that probably 70% of the time, seven out of 10 people that come to me, they don't have QuickBooks online. They don't have any type of accounting software because there are a few out there. QuickBooks is the big one, but they don't have any type of accounting software, but they also don't have any type of estimating software or CRM either. So it really is in the words of a client I just met with yesterday. He said, if the money doesn't hit the bank, it didn't happen. And that's really what they're operating their business on is they're receiving checks or they're receiving cash. They're putting it in the bank. You don't know who that money is coming from and you just hope that it's all there. You're sending invoices maybe through text message or really just word of mouth when you're on a job site. There's really no system in place. And then I would say the other three out of 10, typically in this situation, they may have a CRM, but they will not have a QuickBooks Online accounting system connected to it. And so that's the scenario, you know, we always talk about like with owners who are trying to step away from the day-to-day -day and build and grow and put in processes, you know, one of the biggest things that we hear about is running the business in your head. Your whole business operates inside of your brain and no one else can participate in that process. And I would say this is probably one of the first places, if you're doing this, that you could actually start to change that. So what do you all recommend? If someone comes to you and that's the space that they're in, what's next for them? We make it really easy because we have a standard system for everyone that comes to us. We get you set up on QuickBooks Online with a receipt management system called Dext. We set up the account for you with our proprietary painting business chart of accounts. So those are all of the categories that you're going to categorize transactions into. 
we have that specifically set up for painting businesses. And then we start and just get them from the ground up and we'll rebuild or build from scratch a system for them that works for them and also train them on how to use it. Can I ask a question about, you know, Emily talks about running a business in your head. I run multiple businesses in my head and none of them are profitable yet. So I won't talk about (laughs) them, but I think it's important to talk a bit about why these contractors do not have an accounting system. What reason are you finding as to why they don't? Do they think they don't need it? Meaning this is fine. Everything is working good. Do they think, you know, yeah, I need it, but man, it's just too hard. I don't know how to do it. Or number three, yes, I need it, but I can't afford it. It's going to cost a ton to hire a bookkeeper. What I'm sure that it's a combination of those, but why do most contractors not have an accounting system? I would say it's a combination, but probably the first two. So you have, first of all, especially if you're a new painting business owner and you're maybe a, you know, a one man show, you have a couple of subcontractors that work for you. You have dreams of bringing on some employees. You're doing everything. You're wearing all of the hats. And at the end of the day, doing your own bookkeeping doesn't actually bring money in the door necessarily, right? You're not going to see that investment in at nine o'clock at night when you just finished a long day going in and categorizing your transactions. It just isn't a priority, right? Because you have to put out all of the fires that are around you. You need to sell more jobs. You need to go and make sure your subcontractors are doing what they need to do. And so bookkeeping just isn't at the top of their list. And then you do have the latter, which is just like the fear of the unknown. I don't know how to do bookkeeping. I, I don't know anything about taxes. I don't know where to start. And it just becomes this mountain that you have to climb that just feels unattainable. So you really start off by, well, I don't have the time. And then you kind of get into this place where you're like, okay, I guess I can get to the point where I have the time, but now it just seems so unattainable. And so it's almost like procrastination just grows and it snowballs. And then all of a sudden you have this huge mess you don't know what to do with. It's very common across all industries, but I think the construction industry in general, especially with painters, I feel like a lot of people that come to me, they had really bad experiences with bookkeepers and accountants in the past. And so that really just puts a stain on it for them. It makes it even harder because not only does it feel unknown. You don't have a lot of time. It doesn't seem like a priority, but the last time you did try to make it a priority, you were shut down or you were made to feel stupid or they never answered you and you just never got around to trying again. So I just feel like there's a lot of things that stack up, especially for new business owners. And so that's why we come in and we just try to make it as easy as possible, make it as comfortable as possible and say, Hey, we're painting business owners too. Or at least we were until last year, we did shut down our company. But we totally understand what it's like to run a painting business. We know how many hats you're wearing. We know how hard this is. Let us make it as easy as possible for you, and we'll guide you from A to Z. See, there are people out there like Melissa who love accounting. (laughs) I don't say that I love accounting. I do love bookkeepers. I always joke that I hate bookkeeping, but I do love bookkeepers. You don't want me doing your bookkeeping, Andrew. I hire much smarter people to do the bookkeeping for the painting businesses. Good to know. So, uh, again, we're rolling through the top five mistakes or conundrums. I see number two on the list is inappropriate use of deposits. I don't know exactly what that means. Would that mean, say, 
depositing all your money into an online gaming account. Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> yes, uh, definitely don't do that. Although we'll have to have another podcast one day of all the things I see painting businesses spend their money on that they shouldn't. Oh, my um, God, that would be such a great podcast. <laughs> no, I don't think we have any kind of clause that says we can't do that as long as we don't name names. We'll see, though. But um, book it, Emily. Book it. <laughs> book it on the calendar. When it comes to deposits, what I see, especially with newer painting businesses, but honestly, a lot of veteran painting businesses, larger painting businesses, they choose not to require a deposit for booked work. And a lot of times the painting business that I talk to, they just feel like they don't want to charge for work that's not done. They feel like because the painting industry has some negative connotations in the past about maybe not being reliable, contractors in general have that bad reputation for not being as professional. They feel that it makes them seem more professional by not requiring a deposit down in order to start the work. But what happens is it really does put them at risk for, of course, not being paid, but also it makes it very difficult for you to schedule work appropriately, book your outstanding accounts receivable, which is knowing how much money people owe you. And there is a big pro to having a deposit system on the books and booking it appropriately. So even when we do have clients that do take deposits, a lot of times they're counting that deposit as income originally. But what a deposit should be reflected as is actually a liability because, again, you're not charging them for work you haven't done. You're putting it down as basically a hold, and you're going to apply that to your income once the job has been completed. So that part is a little bit confusing for people that are new to accounting. But again, that's something that we go through and we teach people how to do what we call, you know, deposit invoicing so that they can do it properly and set a good process in place where they do require a 50% down deposit to book a job on their calendar. Okay, so that's good to know that that's the number because we've seen all over the place and we've certainly... Everywhere. um, Yeah, we've certainly (laughs) heard stories of people not wanting to collect deposits either. And, you know, another point to bring out there is just remembering that you're going to have to purchase materials. Um, There is an upfront cost to a painting job. And that, in my belief, should be passed along to the homeowner who is getting the job. So you say 50% upfront. How common is 50% upfront? I want to say 95% percent of my clients are 50-50 right now, okay. um, where it's 50% up front, 50% on completion. I've got a few holdouts that do some weird things. And what it comes down to, you guys, is you just want to make it as easy as possible. 50-50 is just easy, right? It's simple math. You know, the client knows, the expectation is made. It's easy to account for. When you do, you know, I have one, for whatever reason, does 25%, 25%, 20%, and then 5% after. You're just making things harder for yourself and also for the homeowner. 50-50 is common in across any industry, right? So think of any professional service. If you were to not show up for a professional service, most of those professional services have some type of cancellation fee, right? That is why you have a deposit. You are a yeah. professional service. So is this basically accrual accounting or am I thinking of something different? Yes. Yeah, it is. So cash basis is going to be 
just accounting for money that's coming in and out. Whereas with accrual, you are accounting for money that you have booked, but you haven't necessarily received yet. So what should contractors be doing with these deposits? I know you said, you know, counting them as a liability. Do you put it somewhere and save it until the job starts? Where is that money living during this time between when the deposit is paid and when you are starting the work? So a lot of people, that's just going into your operating account, right? Because you are using it for operating income. A big thing that we advocate for right now actually is customer financed reactivation or customer finance marketing. So essentially what you want to do with that 50% deposit is go and get the next client with that 50%. Now, of course, you have the odd time where maybe you don't complete that job and you need a refund. Of course, you need to have a savings, right? You need to have money set aside for that occasional time where you don't complete a job. But a lot of the reason why you want to get that money up front is to use it to build your business. And you can do that with essentially the deposits from clients you've already booked rather than taking out loans or using credit cards. By the way, I talked about the businesses I run in, in my head. One of them, I charged 200% upfront, and that was a very <laughs> short-lived business. But uh, again, I'm sorry to keep making this about me. Number three on the list, cash payments instead of payroll. How is this on the list, Melissa? People <laughs> paying hey, with cash I shouldn't scoff, and yet I do. Why is this a no-no, Melissa? So this is where I have to say big, like, disclaimer here. You can pay cash legally. And um, the reason why I say that is because I, I think I spent half the week in free consultations last week where I talked to people about how you can legally pay in cash. This is possible. Cash payments, cashier's checks. Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle. It's all about making sure that you account for it properly. But what you should not do is pay people in cash and not report it. That is going to cause a lot of problems for you in the long run. So there's a lot of ways that we can make cash payments because as we all know, I think we've all had painters that have worked for us that they require cash payment for whatever reason. And they're good painters, and we all know it's really hard to find good painters. So we want them to be happy, and we want to pay them cash. That is not a problem, but you do have to do it legally. Do you have a personal opinions, or how do you advise clients who have employees who request payroll advance? I absolutely love Gusto for that as well. Gusto does have a lot of different HR benefits available, such as payroll advance, that can go through Gusto rather than through you. It makes it a lot less of an issue. If that employee doesn't stay with you and they don't pay it back, it's not necessarily your debt. Gusto will go to them to get that back. But that's a very easy way to have it. That being said, I have probably 50% of my clients do have an account on their books called Employee Advance and Employee Advance Repayment. It's very, very common. Nice. Well, and then what about, I mean, I think this goes hand in hand. Our next one is not paying taxes, which is obviously a no-no. So (laughs) what would you say about people who have either gotten behind because it is a no-no and can be a very, very stressful problem if you find yourself in it? I love that we're referring to it as a (laughs) no-no. 
Goodness gracious. It is. <laughs> I think I think this is again where I get in the no judgment zone because I get how scary it is. And if you skip a year in taxes because you just forgot about it, right? And then the second year you're like, yeah, it's tax season, but I don't really know how to do that. And I don't really have the time to find somebody. And then all of a sudden you haven't filed taxes in five years and you're sweating, right? Because the IRS is going to figure it out eventually. This is where I say like, it's never too late. It's never too late to get right on this. I did a podcast a few months ago and I do have a lot of clients that took me to my word on that. And we're doing a lot of five to seven year back tax projects right now. So that's the thing I would say is that Of course, you need to pay taxes, but if you have not been paying taxes, it's never too late to get right with it. You will need somebody that knows what they're doing. Please, whatever you do, do not just go on TurboTax and start filing taxes because what's going to end up happening is that then if you were already on the IRS's radar, you're going to get on it really, really quickly. You do want a professional, and in some instances, you may need a tax lawyer to assist, depending on how much money you're going to owe. But there are a lot of options when you do have those back taxes. Is there a benefit to self-reporting rather than waiting to be caught other than just peace of mind? Oh, a million percent. They're much more likely to negotiate with you if you are the first to make the move and you have not received any scary IRS notices yet. There are a couple of options because at the end of the day, we're business owners, right? You're going to have to pay taxes. And so you're going to owe taxes. If you don't pay it year to year, if you wait five years, then you get to pay five years of taxes. That's not fun. But if you self-report, you have more options as far as making payment plans with the IRS. And then there is also an offer and compromise. And so what it is, is if you do have somebody that specializes in this, we do not, but we do have partners that we work with that help us with this. You can actually go to the IRS and say, hey, I know I owe you $100,000, but I really only have 50. Will you take that? And they're much more likely to say yes if you're self-reporting, going to them and trying to make it right and showing to them that you're on the right path moving forward. I have self-reported. Unfortunately, I self-reported on Emily and uh, <laughs> that that really backfired for one of us. I don't know where to go with that, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll, Which we'll just... I, will, I will say, I mean, circling back to cash payments again, talking about self-reporting on others. That is another reason why um, cash payments aren't beneficial. Paying people under the table is not beneficial because if you do end your relationship in a less than ideal situation, they can report you to the IRS. So really think about, again, kind of covering your own butt here. At the end of the day, it's better for you, but it's also better for them too. And in trying to make that case to them, if they ever want to have a mortgage, they do need to have a solid payroll for that to happen. You know, I think that's an excellent point, you know, because owners, and especially as you're growing your business, there is an opportunity to begin to educate your employees about the importance of their own financial health and the importance of reporting everything that they're doing so that exactly like you said, they're able to get mortgages. I mean, Have you seen a lot of scenarios in which that's kind of bitten people? I mean, I'm sure you have. That is a lot of the reason why I'm working on these long tax projects is because the business owner wanted to get a mortgage and realized that they had not filed taxes in five years. 
and now they can't. And you can use bank statements in certain situations, but really having a solid QuickBooks Online, you know, having a solid accounting system that really shows your year over year, your profitability, where your money is going, how much money you have. It allows for cash flow projections as well, which is going to make a better case with any banking institution, showing that not only do you have solid financials in the past, but you can project that your financials will remain solid as well. You'll be much more likely to receive financing for any reason, but also it will be much easier for you to obtain a mortgage. Well, and you can't really talk about systems without talking about technology. And I know you've brought up a couple of systems that you all use. What about people who, gosh, do you see people who are keeping track of their finances on like an Excel document or a ledger is the way people used to do it, right? Is <laughs> there would be a handwritten book that you kept all your finances in. How has technology changed the game? I've seen it all, Emily. I have thought in... <laughs> Uh, multiple two-hour onboarding meetings where I'm helping virtually someone sort through a filing cabinet trying to find all of the documentation that they need. I've seen every combination of spreadsheet that you can ever think of. I do love that a lot of times because it means that they're trying versus, you know, if you have absolutely nothing, you don't know where anything is, you've lost everything. It's like, that's a lot harder, right? To help you think, okay, think back to four years ago when you bought that truck. Did you have a receipt? Did you have a purchase document? Okay, you paid cash. Do you have any idea how much you paid for it? Like, that's kind of harder. But if you write down when you buy that cash truck in a spreadsheet, that at least we've got something, right? When it comes to technology, I just see a lot of people up from, of course, zero to three to four million doing manual data entry, whether it's themselves or an administrative assistant manually entering in information across all of the systems. Um, a lot of times it's having, you know, an accounting system and a CRM that aren't connected and having to re-enter clients in multiple different places, entering the client into the CRM and then going over to QuickBooks Online and entering the client in there. And then you're not job costing in QuickBooks Online, you're job costing in a spreadsheet that you created. So then you're going to go over to the spreadsheet and you're going to manually enter in the customer information in your job costing spreadsheet. And I've really seen people spending upwards of 40 hours a month just typing information in over and over again in different systems that are not connected for a complete diminishing return on investment of what they're going to get from that information. And that's common, too, because, right, technology, the adoption has been kind of all over the place for almost everybody, right, is that – Having an accounting system is relatively normal. I would say it's probably the technology that we see most adopted by painting contractors. But then you add a CRM and your CRM doesn't work with whatever accounting software that you have. And then you add an estimating software. And now we've got all-in-one systems. So technology is constantly changing and it's certainly challenging to keep up with. Do you guys recommend like Zapier? How do you recommend connecting all of these different technologies, especially if you're using a couple different types. The painting industry specifically seems a little bit different than some of the other trades in that we have painting specific software that actually really cares about the experience of the painting business owner. The, I think the three most common options that I see are going to be estimate rocket, paint scout, and pep. 
although PEP is really kind of on its way out from what it used to be. And all three of those are really CRMs combined with estimating softwares, and all three do integrate naturally with QuickBooks Online. Now, they're integrations are not the best because no CRM integration with QuickBooks Online is ideal. And so in that case, we do use third-party Zapier integrations to help assist with that. That being said, when I just say that, it sounds terrifying, right? Like Zapier is so complicated and we're trying to tell people that are already wary of starting an accounting system and starting a CRM. And now you're telling me I've got to use this third thing called Zapier to connect them and all of this where I highly recommend Find an expert that knows how to do this and set it up for you. And then you'd be amazed at how much money you'll save. We have saved clients upwards of twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year just by minimizing their administrative burden by connecting their systems and setting automations up on their back end. Okay. Love this information. So, Melissa, when, when listeners go to bookkeepingforpainters.com, one, what will they find there? How how can they learn more about what it is you do? And then two, how do you work with, do you have one sort of structure, like you hire us as your bookkeeper, or what are the different options? Because I know there's so many, some contractors are relatively fluent and comfortable with uh, finances. You know this better than I, that they run the gamut to the point of, oh my God, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm scared to death. So how do you work with contractors? I have clients that range from, you know, a one-man shop that does $60,000 in revenue up to painting businesses that are operating at $10 million in revenue. I also have about a dozen painting business owners that are former accountants or CPAs themselves that hire us to do the work because they know that it's not where their time is best spent. So, The way that we set up how we help paint businesses is that we have three different packages based on the level of support that you would like and the frequency of bookkeeping. And all of our pricing is based on annual revenue to make it as attainable as possible for the smallest painting business all the way up to large multi-million dollar enterprises to be able to afford our services and have as much or as little support as they want. But the great thing is every single plan regardless of which plan you're on and which revenue you're on, is flat rate with unlimited email, text, and phone support. So there's no bill that you weren't expecting. There's no, you know, hourly invoice because you sent in an email or because you made a phone call. We want to incentivize you anytime you have a question, anytime you have concerns, to give us a call, to text us, to ask us to hop into a Zoom meeting real quick because we really want to answer your questions and know that it's all included and we're here to help you no matter what. I think that for our bookkeeping, it starts with just compliance-based bookkeeping. Like we're going to keep you out of jail is what you know, I typically tell people. Like we'll keep you out of jail, but there's not a whole lot after that. Up to we are a full suite accounting firm and we can do absolutely everything for you. We offer bookkeeping tax planning services. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about this as much earlier. Not only do you want to pay your taxes, but you want to pay as legally little as possible. And we can help you do that. Tax preparation and automation services. So we do also have our brand automation for painters that is going to be merging with our company next year to be able to completely offer full 
back-end systems for painting businesses. We want to take everything off your hands so that you can focus on the operations, the sales, the marketing that only you can do, and we'll make sure that everything's taken care of on the back-end. One last question, Melissa, is on average... For your clients who are taking advantage of the full suite, right? You guys are bookkeeping, you're handling all of this stuff. How often are they spending their time like reviewing their finances and that kind of thing with um, your accountants? On average, we get ghosted a lot during busy season. Uh, I'll be honest with you there. <laughs> so they, I would say but they, they can do it and know time. that it's being handled. <laughs> yes. Right. So I think there's a lot of people not spending any time right now. You know who you are. I sent you an email earlier today. I think it really depends on their level of investment. I would say on average, if you really, you just don't, it's not something you care to look at. It's not necessary. You probably spend maybe an hour a month answering our questions at the most. Because the great thing with a company that knows painting businesses is like 99% of the time, we know what your expenses are. We know what your income is. We get access to your CRM so we can see what client that goes to, right? It's the 1% where we really like, I don't know what you bought at Amazon because I don't have your Amazon account. Uh, You went and you shopped at Walmart. You could buy anything at Walmart. I need to know, was it uniforms? You know, was it office supplies? What was it? Those types of things that are kind of miscellaneous. So you can really spend a very minimal amount of time. But on average, we have our what we call our satin and our high gloss clients that do have financial advising as part of their package. And they'll spend typically about one to two hours a week voluntarily with us, but also with their own teams, reviewing their financials, reviewing their job costing, going over benchmarking, making plans for the following week. They're really, really invested in their financials. But what they really want is for it to be done so that they can do the high level analyzing and business decision making with the information. So I would say probably 60 to 70 percent of our clients is that second group where they are highly invested in their finances. They get excited about it. They just don't want to do that. I don't want to say like low level work, but kind of, you know, that like that day to day getting it done. They just want it done. And then we do have our our small group, 30% of them, where it's just like, I just don't even want to think about it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to touch it. I want nothing to do with it. Only call me if you absolutely have to. And that's perfectly fine, too. As with so much of what we do at APC, that it's not about that you're doing it wrong or you're doing it right. It's just, you know, there's a better way in so many cases. And so whether you're perfectly happy handling your own finances or it stresses the hell out of you, it certainly would probably benefit you to at least have a conversation. Melissa Honan, CEO of Bookkeeping for Painters. Check them out at bookkeepingforpainters.com. What a resource. What a friend to the painting contractor. And that makes you a friend to APC. Melissa, thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. More great resources. Check them out at paintmag.com. Make sure that you keep getting APC as a resource. When you get that email that says subscribe, less than two minutes, I dare you to clock it. It is less than two minutes. Subscribe to APC so that you keep hearing about all these fabulous resources, specifically for painting contractors. And, of course, have a fabulous day.